وَاتْلُ and recite مَا that which أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ has been revealed to you مِنْ كِتَابِ رَبِّكَ from the book of your Lord the book of your Lord meaning the Qur'an whatever that has been revealed to you of it O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recite it وَاتْلُ and primarily the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is addressed in this ayah however you know that there are three types of direct addresses that are made to the Prophet ﷺ in the Qur'an. One type is that in which he is being addressed exclusively. Like for example in Surah Al-Duha, we learn, أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا Did he not find you an orphan? So that address is exclusively for who? Rasulullah ﷺ. Then some other ayat in which the Prophet ﷺ is addressed Remember that he is being addressed, but at the same time, we are also being addressed. Like this ayah. He is being commanded to recite, and we are also being commanded to recite. Follow his footsteps and do what he has been told to do. Because think about it, if something is necessary for him as Allah's servant, then is it not necessary for us? Of course it is. Yes, certain commands were exclusively for him and those we know about in the Qur'an, right? However, generally, when the Prophet ﷺ is addressed in the Qur'an, remember that we are also being instructed with the same command. So, وَاتْلُمَا أُحْيَا إِلَيْكَ And the third type of address in which the Prophet ﷺ is addressed, he is being told, but indirectly, it is we who are being given the message. Like for instance, in the Qur'an it is said, لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ O Prophet ﷺ, if you were to do shirk, then all your good deeds would be wasted. Can it ever be imagined that Rasulullah ﷺ would associate partners with Allah? No. So who is being warned? Who is being told indirectly? We are being told. So over here, the Prophet ﷺ is told to recite, and we should also take this for ourselves. That watlu do tilawa, do recitation, of ma uhiya ilayka, whatever that has been revealed to you. Min kitabi rabbik, of the book of your Lord, meaning of the Quran. Tilawa. What is tilawa? What's the root? Talam. Wow. Talayatlu, tilwan, or tal. What does it mean? Literally, to follow, to go after. And the word tilawa is used for recitation. Why? Why? Because this recitation doesn't require any following. Any action? Yes. You know, you can read something in an article. You can read a book, all right, written by a human being. But it's not necessary that you agree with them, that you do what they're telling you to. Right? You can say, nice, however, I don't buy this, I'm not going to do it. Good for them, but I don't have to agree with it. However, when it comes to the Qur'an, can you read it like that? With that frame of mind? Never. When you read the Qur'an, you have to agree with it a hundred percent. Even if you don't fully comprehend it. And when you read the Qur'an, what does it mean? That now you have to follow. So tilawa is of two kinds. Tilawa lafziya, recitation of the words. So these words are not just to be looked at. These words are not just to be understood, meaning just understand their meaning and that is sufficient. 
these words are not just supposed to be preserved in a book and you own a copy of that book or you have an app of that on your phone. No. These words are supposed to be recited. So recite the book that has been revealed. Recite this revelation. Recite it when? In your prayer and also outside of your prayer. Recite in the morning. Recite in the evening. Recite at night. Recite what loop? Recite the words. And here we all need to see how much Qur'an is it that we recite? In a week, in a day. How consistent is our recitation? The thing is that many of us, we wait you know, for the point where we will master the art of recitation. Alright? And when we will develop perfect speed. And when we will reach that level, then we will recite the Qur'an. But the thing is that you get there, how? Through practice. And what does practice mean? Recite. So for instance, Surah Al-Kahf, it's supposed to be recited every Friday. Right? If you want the benefit of Noor from one week to the next, then you need to recite it every Friday. Now a person might say, but the surah is so long and I'm not able to read it. But the thing is, you'll never develop fluency in recitation unless and until you actually do it. So read, start reading. Even if it's a little bit on a daily basis. Even if it's a little bit, but consistently, what will happen? Your recitation will improve. If you find reciting the entire surah difficult, then start by reciting the first ten ayat and the last ten ayat. Set that as your target. Every Friday, I have to recite the first ten ayat of Surah Al-Kahf. Start with that, little by little, and then increase gradually. So, وَاتْلُوا مَا أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ كِتَابِ رَبِّكَ And remember that tilawa doesn't just mean tilawa lafziyya, but also tilawa amaliyya. Follow, recite with action, meaning follow in your action what you're reading. Don't just read and study and take notes and teach and review. Amal also. Because that is what is going to go with you, your actions. So, وَاتْلُوا مَا أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ كِتَابِ رَبِّكَ لَا مُبَدِّلَ There is no one who can change. مُبَدِّل One who does tabdil. بَادَ لَام There is no one who can change. لِكَلِمَاتِهِ His words. Whose words? The words of Allah. Why? Because when is it that something has to be edited? Someone's words have to be edited. When? When they're not perfect. And? When is editing required? Okay, to update. Alright, because again, it's not perfect. It has errors in it. There's room for improvement. It's unclear. It's vague. Have you ever had your writing edited by someone? A lot, right? So then what happens? You write something and you think you've worded it so perfectly. Right? And you're admiring your own writing. And then what happens? You get that paper back with a whole lot of you know, crosses and so on and so forth. Then what happens? It's so disappointing. And you realize, I need to improve a lot. But Allah's words are perfect. There's no need to change them. Allah's words are perfect. There's no need to improve them. So when they're so perfect, read them and follow them. وَلَن تَجِدَ And you will never find مِن دُونِهِ Besides Him, meaning besides Allah, مُلْتَحَدَ Any refuge. If you abandon His words, you don't believe, you don't recite, you don't follow. Where will you go? Where will you hide? You cannot find against Allah any multahad 
What is multahad? What's the root? What's the root? Quickly, quickly. Lam, ha, dal. Lahad. What is lahad? A grave. What kind of a grave is it? That's just a hole in the ground. What is it? It goes sideways. It's like an L-shaped grave. Alright? So this is what lahad is. So lahad literally means to incline. To incline towards a particular place, direction. So multahad is one against whom you lean or one whom you turn to. Why? In order to take refuge. In order to seek protection. So if you turn away from the words of Allah, who will you find to protect you? Where can you hide? Nowhere. So what's the message then? Read and benefit yourself. Follow and help yourself. Wasbir nafsaka and keep yourself patient. Ma'alladina with those people who Yaduruna Rabbahum who call upon their Lord Bilgadati in the morning Walashihi and the evening. Who are these people who call upon their Lord in the morning and the evening? Why are they doing that? What's the reason? Yuriduna wajha. They are seeking his face. So, O Prophet ﷺ, you should stay with these people. You should remain in their company. Look at the word, wasbir. What's the root? Sadbara, sabr. What does sabr mean? Patience. Literally, sabr means habs. To retain, to keep something, to restrain it, to not let it go. So for example, in times of extreme grief, what do you do? What are you supposed to do? Sabr. And what does that mean? That you hold your tongue back. You want to scream and shout, but you control your your tongue. You want to say something and express your frustration or your sadness, but what do you do? You restrain your tongue. You bite your tongue. Right? This is what sabr is. So the Prophet ﷺ is told, hold yourself back, restrain yourself with who? with a certain type of people. Force yourself to remain in their company. When do you have to force yourself to stay with someone? Okay, if you don't want to be with them, when you're finding it difficult to be with them, and when somebody else is calling you. There is another option. For instance, you go to a party, alright, with your mother. Or let's say your sister, okay? And your sister knows nobody over there. But you have a lot of friends. And what do you want to do? You want to go sit with your friends and talk with them. However, you say, if I go, then my sister will be alone. So you keep yourself next to her. You hold yourself. You restrain yourself with your sister. Why? Because even though you want to go, but you don't want to leave her. Right? There's so many other options. But to stay with your sister is the best thing to do. So... The Prophet ﷺ is advised, yes, you have a lot of options. You can be with a lot of people. However, what is the best company that you can choose for yourself? People who meet this description. And what is that? الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَالْعَشِيِّ Those people who do dua to their Lord. When? In the morning and in the evening. The word yad'una, dua, remember there's two types of dua. Dua of mas'ala and dua of ibadah. Dua of mas'ala, mas'ala is a request. So you ask Allah, may I have this? 
and dua of ibadah. Like for example, salah. So those who call upon Allah, those who worship Allah. Bilghadat wal ashi. Ghadat is the first part of the day, beginning part of the day, meaning morning. And ashi, last part of the day, meaning evening. And these people, yuriduna wajha. Why are they doing this? Why are they busy in the worship of Allah morning and evening? Because they want to see Allah's face. They desire Allah's face. You know why? Because there is no one in this world who can see Allah. No human being can see Allah right now. If anyone would be able to see Allah, would have been allowed to see Allah in this life, it would have been who? Musa alayhi salam, right? Because he heard Allah. Can you imagine? He heard Allah's voice. He heard Allah Jalla Jalaluhu's voice. Imagine. And then Musa alayhi salam, when he heard Allah, that sound must have been so amazing. He wanted to see Allah. But what was he told? You cannot see me. Because no human being has the capacity to see Allah. However, on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show Himself to who? All people? No. Those who really wanted to see Allah. And you know, in hadith we learn that the first time believers will see Allah, they will see Him smiling. Allah will reveal Himself to His servants, show His face to His beloved servants, and He will be smiling. In fact, He will be laughing. Those are the words of the hadith. So those who want to make Allah happy, those who want to see Allah smiling at them. You know like, you're doing something, and you want somebody to be happy, what do you picture in your head? My mom, she's looking at me, she's smiling, she's so happy. Right? And that motivates you to do your job really well. And you give it your best shot. So these people, they're doing good, worshiping Allah morning and evening. What do they want to see? What is it that they're seeking? Allah's beautiful, noble, smiling face. They love Allah. They remember Allah. They seek Him. They want Him. So you force yourself to remain in their company. Even if you have many options. Leave everybody else. But stay with these people. Why? Why stay with these people? Does your company affect you? Of course it does. You become a source of strengthening your friends and your friends become a source of strengthening you. So remain with these people. Why? To strengthen them and they strengthen you. Think about it. If the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's being told to remain in righteous company, what do you think about us? Do we need righteous company? Of course we do. We need people whom when we meet in the morning, when we see in the morning, when we interact with them in the morning, they're remembering Allah. And in the evening also, they're remembering Allah. Because when we will see them doing that, we will be reminded. Isn't it? Otherwise, what will happen? We'll forget as well. Because we take the influence of our company very quickly. Whatever people are talking about, we start talking about the same things. Just the other day it happened with me. I went to the masjid to pray Salatul Asr. Okay? I went there and um, I was waiting for the time to enter basically. And I was sitting and doing my work. And then a phone call came and then somebody else came to speak to me. And then all of a sudden I realized I had to go pick up my kids. And I packed up. I forgot. 
I came to pray because I got busy with other things. I packed up and as I was leaving, I saw one of my friends walking into the masjid to pray Asr. And when I saw her praying Asr, I'm like, have I prayed? I'm like, I came to pray and I'm going without praying? So seeing her pray reminded me that I had to pray as well. And I just told her, you know, benefit of good company. You came and you were praying and I remembered that I had to pray. And she said that, you know, I was driving by and I thought I'll go home straight and I'll pray there. But then I realized that no, if I pray at home, it'll be too late. So I stopped just to pray. So this is the benefit of knowing people who give priority to salah. Who give priority to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when they will do something good, you will be reminded. You strengthen them and they strengthen you. So stay in such company. And on the other hand, the Prophet ﷺ is told, وَلَا تَعْدُ عَيْنَاكَ عَنْهُمْ وَلَا تَعْدُ And do not let exceed. عَيْنَاكَ Your two eyes. عَيْنَان Dual of عَيْن عَنْهُمْ From them. تَعْدُ is from عَدْوٌ عَيْن دَالْوَاو And عَدُو literally means to race. To run really fast. And when you're running fast, then what happens? If you're driving really fast, do you stop before the white line? Where do you stop? Past it. Sometimes way past it that you have to reverse. Right? So this is adu. To go beyond limits. So la ta'adu aynaka. Don't let your eyes go beyond. Beyond who? On whom? Then them. Meaning when you look at these people, don't look at them with boredom and say, Oh, I'm bored of their company. Let me see who else is here. And then look for others. No. Keep your eyes focused on these people. Be happy with them. Be satisfied with their company. When is it that you're sitting next to someone but your eyes are wandering around as if looking for someone else? When? When you're not satisfied with their company. So, وَلَا تَعْدُ عَيْنَاكَ عَنْهُمْ Don't look beyond them. تُرِيدُ زِينَةَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا You are seeking the adornment of this life. Because the thing is that the mushrikeen of Makkah, the big, big leaders amongst them, the Prophet ﷺ wanted them to embrace Islam. Right? And this is the reason why he would like to sit with them because the more he would sit with them and interact with them, the more opportunity he would have to do da'wah to them. However, the mushrikeen of Makkah, the leaders amongst them, they would get very upset if companions such as Bilal radiallahu anhu, Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum radiallahu anhu, if they came and sat in the company of the Prophet ﷺ. Because they said, oh, he's a blind man and he's a freed slave. You know, these people have no real status in our society. Tell them to go and we'll sit with you. Think about it. Sitting with poor people as opposed to sitting with rich people. Which seems more glamorous? Sitting with rich people. Food is more sophisticated. A conversation is more sophisticated. Isn't it? Clothes, the atmosphere, everything is more sophisticated. But the Prophet ﷺ is told, don't do that. تُرِيدُ زِينَةَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا This is all zina, adornment of this life. And remember what we learned about the zina of this life? What's going to happen to it? It's going to be finished. وَلَا تُطِعْ And do not obey. مَنْ The one who أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ We have made his heart غَافِل Negligent. Heedless. Towards what? عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا From our dhikr. Meaning his heart does not even remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And dhikr can also be understood as the Qur'an. So don't obey such a person 
who in his heart does not remember Allah, who in his heart has no interest in the Qur'an. Don't obey such a person. So when they tell you to make Bilal get up, don't obey them. And these people, what are they doing anyway? He's following his desires. He lives to satisfy his desires. And his affair is furut of neglect, of excessiveness. What is furut? Furut is to be excessive in doing something. Basically, it's the opposite of moderation, of being balanced. And there's two extremes to that. What is one extreme? To overdo it. Alright, so for example, eating. Overeat. What's the other extreme? Undereat. This is furut. To go into an extreme in either direction. To not remain balanced. So these people, their affair is of extreme, of excessiveness. Don't obey them. So what's the lesson in this ayah? There are several things that we learn from this. First of all, force yourself to be in good company. Remain in the company of people who remember Allah in the morning and the evening. Secondly, this ayah teaches us that remember Allah in the morning and the evening. Because if your friends are supposed to be like that, then you have to be like your friends also. You have to remember Allah in the morning and you have to remember Allah in the evening. Adkarul sabah, adkarul masa. And you see, doing dhikr in the morning, doing dhikr in the evening, does that have any effect on you? What effect? Is there any benefit? What's the benefit? If you begin your day with the dhikr of Allah, then how will the rest of your day be? In the remembrance of Allah. And if you end your day with the remembrance of Allah, then how will your evening and night be? With the dhikr of Allah. Right? Because if at these two ends you can make time to remember Allah, then hopefully the rest of the day you will be able to make time to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again. The Prophet ﷺ said, saying, Subhanallahi, walhamdulillahi, wala ilaha illallahu, wallahu akbar, is more beloved to me than anything upon which the sun rises. When the sun rises, it rises upon what? Everything that's on the earth. You see the light falling on the house, on the grass, right? On cars, driveways, streets, trees. Everything is getting that sunlight. But as the sun rises and everything is being touched by that light, the Prophet ﷺ said that nothing of that is more beloved to me than to say, Subhanallah, walhamdulillahi, wa la ilaha illallah. Allahu Akbar. Meaning saying these words in the morning. Doing dhikr in the morning. Doing dhikr in the evening. This is something of great significance. The Prophet ﷺ said, Were I to sit with people remembering Allah from the morning prayer until sunrise, this is more beloved to me than freeing four slaves among the children of Ismail. Imagine setting four lives free. Isn't that a big deal? Four lives, you're setting them free. But he said, for me to remember Allah from Fajr until sunrise, that is more important. And if I were to sit with people remembering Allah from the afternoon, meaning Asr prayer, until the sun sets, meaning Maghrib, that is more beloved to me than freeing four slaves from among the children of Ismail. Alright, meaning Arabs. So, dhikr of Allah in the morning and in the evening has a lot of significance. Then in this ayah we also see that when you have an option 
of sitting with people who remember Allah as opposed to sitting with people who don't remember Allah, who should you give preference to? Those who remember Allah. Because think about it, if a person has turned away from Allah, why should you turn towards them? Think about it. If a person is so arrogant that he does not even believe in God, does not even remember God, why should you be chasing them? Why should you be giving importance to them? The Prophet ﷺ was told, فَأَعْرِضْ عَنْ مَنْ تَوَلَّى عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا Turn away from the one who turns away from our dhikr. Turn away from them. Meaning don't stay in their company. Because if you stay in their company all the time, then you will get affected by them. You will begin to think the same way. You will begin to say the same things. You will begin to wish for the same things that they wish for. Right? This doesn't mean don't talk to people at all. We discussed this earlier. No, engage, interact, because that is how you do da'wah. However, limit, limit the time that you spend with them. You know, like we learned earlier, mira'an zahiran, just stay on the surface. Don't take that relationship to heart. Because if you do that, then when friendship develops, when a bond develops, then you become like them and they become like you. Either you will influence them or they will influence you. Then we also see in this ayah that where we are being told to adopt good company, we are also to leave bad company. Adopt good company, leave bad company. What's the definition of bad company? Those who man قَلْبَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا The one who doesn't remember Allah, who doesn't have any interest in the Qur'an. Secondly, وَاتَّبَعَ هَوَاهُ Thirdly, وَكَانَ أَمْرُهُ فُرُطًا Because the thing is that if a person remembers Allah, alright, meaning when he's busy doing something in his heart, he remembers Allah, he is conscious of Allah, then there will be barakah in his actions and also in his time. And when there isn't, then... Obviously, his actions, how will they be? Furut, of extreme. He's sleeping, sleeping away. Eating, eating away. Talking, talking away. Right? So, وَكَانَ أَمْرُهُ فُرُطًا وَقُلْ and say, الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ The truth is from your Lord. فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ Then whoever wills, he may believe. وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ And whoever wishes, he may disbelieve. Does this ayah mean that people... If they disbelieve, it's okay because Allah is saying, فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ Is that the meaning of this ayah? Then what does it mean? Allah is saying, whoever wants, they may believe. Whoever wants, they may disbelieve. Exactly. Read on. The ayah doesn't stop there. There's more. What this means is, you have the choice. The truth is clear. The truth has come. Both sides have been shown to you. The Qur'an has come, the haqq has come. Now it's your choice. You're not going to be forced to believe or to disbelieve. Choice is yours. However, whatever you choose, the consequences will be accordingly. إِنَّا أَعْتَدْنَا Indeed, we have prepared. لِلظَّالِمِينَ For those who do zulm. What is zulm? Shirk, kufr. وَالْكَافِرُونَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ So those who do zulm, for them is prepared naran a fire. What kind of fire is it? It will surround them. What will surround them? Suradiquha, its walls. Whose walls? The walls of fire. Imagine if a person is surrounded by walls. What does it mean? There is no 
escape. He's trapped. There is no way he can get out. The word suradiq, suradiq is used for a bed with curtains. Have you ever seen something like that? A bed that is surrounded with curtains. Or for instance, you may have gone into a room or you know, a place where there's lots of curtains at the door. So you don't know where the curtain you know, splits from in the middle. So suradiq are the walls okay, that surround and completely close a place. Whatever those walls may be made of. They could be made of fabric, they could be made of brick, they could be made of leather, they could be made of flowers, whatever. An enclosure. And in hellfire, the walls are made of what? Fire. نَارٌ أَحَاطَ بِهِمْ سُرَادِقُهَا Trapped in the fire. وَإِنْ يَسْتَغِيثُ And if they seek غَيْث What is غَيْث? Rain, meaning water. Or if they seek غَوْث What is غَوْث? Relief. If they ask for a break, if they ask for some relief, يُغَاثُ They will be aided. بِمَا in With water. What kind of water? كَالْمُهْل Like molten copper. Because when you're in a very hot place, do you get thirsty? Yes. Certain foods, if you eat them, do they make you more thirsty? Yes. So Jahannam itself is very hot, full of fire. It's a pit of fire. And then on top of that, the food that will be given to people will be what? Zakum. And what is Zakum? It is such a tree, the fruit of which, when a person eats, he becomes extremely thirsty. You know like certain foods are such you eat them and your mouth becomes dry? Dry. So, وَإِنْ يَسْتَغِيثُ يُغَاثُ بِمَاءٍ They'll be given water كَالْمُهْلِ Like molten copper. What is muhl? Molten copper. Some ulama have said that muhl is basically a thick liquid which is similar to the sediment and oil. Have you ever used oil for frying something? Like deep fry? Then what happens? Bits and pieces of that food, they remain in the oil. You're not able to take them out. And then over time, they settle to the bottom. And then when you pour that oil out into a jar, then what do you see? Golden oil at the top and at the bottom, thick black stuff. This is muhl. It's disgusting to even look at. Forget about touching it. Imagine people will be given this to drink in hellfire. يُغَاثُ بِمَاءٍ كَالْمُهْلِ and this muh, when it's brought near their faces, yashwil wujuh, yashwi, it will broil, it will burn the faces. Yashwi is from Shin Wawiya. Shawal lahm is to roast or to broil meat. Because how is meat cooked? In different ways. And sometimes you expose it to fire. When you expose it to fire, then what happens? It gets cooked. So yashwil wuju, so hot is this liquid, disgusting, that when it's even brought near to the face, it will burn the face. sharab. What a terrible, terrible drink it is. Wasa'at, and how evil is that murtafaq, resting place. Murtafaq, rafaqaf, a place where you're supposed to find rifq, where you're supposed to find ease, where you're supposed to find rest and comfort. What is murtafaq? It's a resting place. But will it be a resting place for them? No. Sa'at murtafaqa. This is hell. A place 
that is full of fire, its walls are of fire, above fire, below fire, to the right fire, to the left fire, its water, repulsive, extremely hot, that a person, even when it's brought near, it will scald, it will burn the face, disintegrating the face, so that the face is on fire, roasted completely, and imagine if a person drinks it, what will happen to the inside of his body? This is hellfire that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning us about. You have the choice, believe or disbelieve. The haq is here. Follow it or abandon it. But if you abandon the truth, then these are the consequences. On the other hand, if you adopt it, if you follow it, if you believe in it, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Indeed, those people who believe, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they do righteous deeds, إِنَّا لَا نُضِيعُوا Indeed, we shall never waste. أَجْرَ Reward of man, the one who أَحْسَنَ amala Is best in his action. The one who performs best deeds, what does Allah say? What does Allah say? His reward shall not be wasted. He will be given reward. His deeds will not be forgotten. The good that he did will not be left unappreciated. إِنَّا لَا نُضِيعُ أَجْرَ مَنْ أَحْسَنَ amala. Look at the word man. What does man mean? Whoever. Man, woman. Old, young. Whoever it is. But there is a condition. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Iman. Do righteous deeds. And what's the condition of righteous deeds? Sincerity, ikhlas lillah, and secondly, mutaba'ah, following the Messenger ﷺ. Doing it according to the guidelines that he gave. So their reward will not be wasted. أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ Those are the ones who for them are jannat, gardens. عَدْلٍ of eternity. They will have gardens of Eden, eternity. Imagine eternity, never ending. There is no return date in the sense that then you have to go back. When you're about to travel somewhere, you're excited about going, but then the thought of coming back, what does that do? Makes you sad. Such a short trip. Such a short trip. But Jannah is a destination, a permanent destination. It's a home of residence. What kind of residence? Of, of eternity. The stay in Jannah will never expire. The good times will never end. Jannatu Adin. Tajri min tahtihimul anhar. Underneath them rivers will flow. Under their control. Or literally under their homes. Or literally underground. However, Allah knows it's Jannah. It can only be known once a person sees it. Tajri min tahtihimul anhar. And rivers of different kinds. Of water, of honey, of milk, of juice. تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهِمُ الْأَنْهَارِ يُحَلَّوْنَ فِيهَا They will be adorned in it. Who will be adorned in it? The people of Jannah will be adorned. You know this word يُحَلَّوْنَ? Very interesting. What is حِلْيَة? حِلْيَة Jewelry. Your necklace and your rings and your you know, bangles, your bracelets. Whatever jewelry. This is حِلْيَة. يُحَلَّوْنَ They will be Jeweled. They will be adorned. Meaning they will not have to put it on themselves. It will be put on them. What does that show? That in Jannah, literally a person doesn't even have to move his finger. A person doesn't even have to move his finger. Don't you wish for that in this dunya? 
You know, if somebody says, just touch this button. I'm like, come on. I have to touch that as well. What do you want? That somebody comes and touches for you. This is why we like voice command. Isn't it? That we don't even have to do anything. And now, we don't even have to press a button and swipe unlock. Right? What do we want? That our fingerprint is just red. Khalas. We don't have to put in much effort. But even that requires effort. You have to touch it. You have to hold it. But in Jannah, imagine, يُحَلَّوْنَ فِيهَا So much service that people don't even have to put their stuff on, you know, their jewelry on themselves. It will be put on them. They will be adorned in it. But with what? With what? Min asawir. With bracelets, plural of siwar. What kind of bracelets? Min dhahab, of gold. Anyone like gold bracelets here? I'm talking to women, of course. Everyone likes it. And here are women who complain, Oh, men will have such and such in Jannah. What about women? What about women? Don't, don't people say that? All the time. Here. You like jewelry? Would you like to have more than what you have right now? Better than what you have right now? يُحَلَّوْنَ فِيهَا مِنْ أَسَاوِرَ مِنْ ذَهَبٍ And the gold of Jannah, don't compare to the gold of this world. It's far better. Different. Far more amazing. Far more beautiful. يُحَلَّوْنَ فِيهَا مِنْ أَسَاوِرَ مِنْ ذَهَبٍ وَيَلْبَسُونَ And they will wear. Meaning, they have to put on their clothes themselves. They have an clothes. What kind of clothes? خُضْرًا Of green color. Color is mentioned. This doesn't mean that clothes in Jannah are only green. This is just an example. This is just one description of the goodies in Jannah. يَلْبَسُونَ ثِيَابًا خُضْرًا Why does Allah mention green? Because green is beautiful, but at the same time it's very comforting to look at. And this is the reason why grass is green. It's not bright pink. Even if a person loves pink, right? But grass is green. Why? Because imagine if grass was pink. I mean, you'd like it for a few seconds, but you couldn't keep looking at it. Right? You know, like for instance, a, a child wears a really bright shirt, and you're like, looks nice. However, it's hurting my eyes now. Go put something else on. So green is beautiful, and it's also very comforting to look at. So khudran, min sundus. And what's the fabric? Silk. What kind of silk? Sundas is silk which is very fine. Meaning, it's light. It's light, it's delicate, fine. Fine silk fabric, soft. But what if somebody likes heavy stuff? It's also there. What is tabraq? What is istabraq? Istabraq is thick, rich silk fabric which is woven with a raised pattern. You know what I'm talking about? Right? Woven with a raised pattern. Meaning it's got a pattern and that weave is slightly raised. So when you feel it with your hand, when you pass your hand over it, it feels good. So yuhallawna fiha, they will be given jewelry and then their clothes of silk. Do you wear silk every day? What happens if you wear a really nice silk hijab? Honestly, I'm asking you, what happens to it? When you take it off, what do you see on it? Stains that you don't want to see. Stains that have ruined your hijab. So then you keep your silk stuff for when? For when? Special occasions. You can have your silk dresses hanging in your closet for three years, but you're not able to wear it every day, even though you love it, because you know that when you'll wear it and you'll go around your house working, it'll get ruined. 
But people of Jannah will wear silk. What does that mean? That most of the time, this is what they're wearing. Light, soft, comfortable, right? Cozy, whatever you want to call it. So خُضْرًا مِنْ سُنَّسٍ وَإِسْتَبْرَقٍ And what are they doing? Working in Jannah? متَّكِئِينَ Sitting back, chilling, relaxing. متَّكِئِينَ Reclining. Plural of مُتَّكِئِ اتِّكَاء وَعُكَافْ حَمْزَةٍ is to recline. You know, sit with your back or your arm leaning against something. People generally like to lean. Why? It's more relaxing. Right? This is why many people prefer to sit on a chair. Because when you sit on the floor, then what happens? You have to sit, you know, straight. Because if you lean against the bench that's behind you, then the person behind you will get upset. Right? You can't even lean forward on your desk because you're supposed to be writing. So it's uncomfortable. What is comfortable? When you can lean, when you can relax. So muttaqiina fiha. In Jannah, people will be reclining. What does that show? Relaxed, chilling, satisfied, no worry, no tension. Alal araik on couches, seats. Araik plural of arika, and arika is a bed with a canopy, or a couch with a canopy. What does that mean? Shade. Wilan dalila. نِعْمَ ثَوَابُ How excellent is the reward. وَحَسُنَتْ مُرْتَفَقَهُ And how beautiful is the resting place. Two options. One was hell. Its walls of fire. Its bed of fire. Its food of burning. Disgusting food. بِئْسَ الشَّرَابُ وَسَاءَتْ مُرْتَفَقَهُ And Jannah, what is that? نِعْمَ thawab. Notice, in contrast, what has been mentioned? Reward. Because this reward includes drink, it includes food, it includes rest, it includes clothes. Endless reward. وَحَسُنَتْ مُرْتَفَقَ And what a beautiful place of rest. This is Jannah. This is what we should be aiming for. But what is it that majority of people are striving towards? Rest and comfort where? Now. We want to lean and recline and rest now. We want to sleep now. We want to wear nice clothes even if we cannot acquire them through lawful means, even if it's at the cost of not giving haq to the poor or to the relatives, we want to spend on ourselves because we want to enjoy now. But how much can we enjoy right now? Is it forever? No. You got the nicest dress and you wear it two times and the third time you want to wear it to a party, you're hesitant. Because somebody will say, oh, I've seen you wearing this before. Right? And then again, you have to go spend $150 on another pair of clothes. So if you keep chasing this dunya, you will never be satisfied. I was just thinking how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this is Jannah, the good food, the reclining, all the good clothes. Then why are we aiming for it right now in this dunya when it cannot be accomplished in this dunya? I mean, this dunya also has good stuff, but not of this level. And what is it that we desire? Perfection, right? But that perfection can never be achieved in this dunya. Assalamualaikum. I was just thinking that like, in the Jannah, right, you know how we're going to get really good food? Then Inshallah. look, and you know how we have, we already have good food here, then why don't we just aim for, for Jannah instead? Because like, it has really good food. And mashallah, Everything's like, much better. No, seriously, she's right. She's 100% right. 
everything in Jannah is far, far better. So why not delay a little bit and focus on Ahsan Amal so that we can get the best later on? What stops us from Ahsan Amal? This dunya, right? Assalamu alaikum. I was just thinking how, you know, in the Quran, many people use the excuse that, oh, for men, there is this mention, right? Why not for women? And I was listening to a lecture by Nauman Ali Khan, and he was saying that he did a test with some of his students who were males and females, right? And he gave them a paper, said, in five seconds, write down what you love the most. And obviously, you can tell the men always pretty much had the same answer of what they wanted. And the women, they're like, some gave in, they're like, oh, you know what? I want to change this. Or, you know what? Give me five more seconds. Let me think about it, right? Women, how Allah has made us, we're, we're never sure, we always want, our desires are always changing, and each of us wants something else, and you know, in a way Allah has given us so many categories over here, but also He's sort of left it open that, you know, He hasn't said, you will only get dresses, because what if a woman's like, yeah, well that's nice, but dresses aren't really my thing, so Allah has left it open, and He's given us so many options of rest and clothes, and it's sort of like, you know, a mercy on us that He hasn't specifically put one category in there um, I just just with this surah, Allah keeps saying those who do best in good deeds, you know. And just from the story alone, we learn that first you have to make that effort yourself to do that, to do that good deed. But also you have to be surrounded with righteous company to do that good deed. Like, you know, you said yesterday, Islam is spiritual growth. You have to keep growing. So you need your effort, but you also need the people around you to do yes. that. Yes, I mean, Ashabul Kahf, what were they? A source of strength for each other. Even if there were only seven. So righteous company helps you focus on what is more important, helps you you know, do your amal with ihsan, ahsan amal. And this is what is necessary to obtain Jannah and its comforts. Recitation. وَاتْلُ مَا أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ كِتَابِ رَبِّكَ لَا مُبَدِّنَ لِكَلِمَاتِهِ وَلَنْ تَجِدَ مِنْ دُونِهِ مُلْتَحَدًا وَاصْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاةِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُرِيدُونَ وَجَهَهُ وَلَا تَعْدُ عَيْنَاكَ عَنْهُمْ تُرِيدُ زِينَةَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا تُطِعْ مَنْ أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا وَاتَّبَعَ هَوَاهُ وَكَانَ أَمْرُهُ فُرُطًا وَقُلِ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنُ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرُ إِنَّا أَعْتَدْنَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ نَارًا أَحَاطَ بِهِمْ سُرَادِقُهَا وَإِنْ يَسْتَغِيثُوا يُغَاثُوا بِمَا